0: Would you open your Bibles, please, to the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 15? As we opened this series last week, we opened with an illustration that all the young people will understand. Everybody who watched The Black Panther, would you raise your hand up high? You watched The Black Panther, raise your hand up high. The rest of you did not go see The Black Panther. All the young people all loved The Black Panther. I saw it twice when he is fighting for his kingship position and he is losing rather badly the Black Panther's mother shouts at him show them who you are and then continue to shout at him who are you? now when I heard that I thought you know even the world understands a basic principle of living in victory Failure begins in insecurity. Success begins in a confidence of knowing who you are. Failure begins in insecurity and success begins in the confidence of who you are. Many many Christians live struggling with sin and temptation all of their life. They They cannot, when you begin to talk to them about living a life of revival and living full of the Spirit and living as a remnant and living as a person of victory and living as a person who's more than a conqueror, they they look at you and they they just can't even imagine life like that. They they live a very negative, defeated life because they've never understood who they are in Christ. Now, Now this is nothing new. When Satan came against Jesus in the temptation in Luke chapter 4 verse 3 and again in verse 9, Twice he looked at him and said, if you are the Son of God. Everybody say if. If. Temptation begins with the seed of insecurity. Where does temptation begin? Now, if we are going to walk in victory, And we are going to live overcoming lives and we are going to accomplish all that God wants us to accomplish and grow our connect groups and and build churches all across the country and see young men and young women go out and plant and build great churches and others of you plant and start great businesses in Jesus' name. If if we're going to do everything that God wants us to do in life, at some point you've got to get past the if. At some point, you've got to get past this this insecurity that, that just keeps getting your nose rubbed into it and begin to understand who you are in Christ Jesus. Now, in our last study, we focused just simply, and I'm just going to work on it a little bit more, and then we'll get into some deeper things in the next few weeks, Lord willing. But last week, we just began to focus on the fact that you are a son of God. Everybody say, I'm a son of God we learned that this has required redemption that God had to buy us back we were part of Satan's family and our when Satan was our father he was a cruel child abuser he only came to steal kill and destroy and maybe that's affected our concept of the fatherhood of God but it should not because God was a good father and he came and he gave his only begotten son to redeem us to buy us back and then he adopted us as Full heirs. Everybody say, full heirs. Say it again. So he redeemed us. And secondly, he required that he show his love to us, that there would never be a, a concept that we were like second class children. Like some people look on adopted children as part of second class. They're, they're not really your children. But wait a minute. If that's true, then we're really not God's children. Adopted children are not second class children, they're chosen children. They're what? God chose you to love you. God adopted you as his child. And we learned our position as the sons of God. Galatians three twenty six. for in Christ you are all sons of God. Everybody say we are all. Everybody say all. How many does all mean? No, no. How many does all mean? Does all mean everybody? Does all mean the men? Does all mean the women? Does all mean the young people? Does all mean the children? Every person who's been born again is called a son of God. And the Greek word there, we learn, means a mature child with full legal standing and heirship. So we said, uh, and let me give you a couple more verses on it Galatians 4, verse 5 to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Ephesians 1, verse 5, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. We said, ladies, you are a son of God. All the ladies shout, I'm a son of God. Son of God. Shout it, ladies. Son of God. Now, now, God is not gender bending. He's teaching a the theological position that we are all equal and the same in Christ. Paul says it this way, there's neither male nor female, rich nor poor, educated or uneducated. We are equal in Christ. I didn't hear you. Now, now guys, he's not gender bending, but at the same time, men, he looks at us and tries to teach us another theological truth. You are the bride of Christ. All the men say, I'm the bride of Christ. I'm the bride. Shout it, guys. I'm the bride. Now, now we, I'm driving this home. Because I I do not get this taking a few verses out of context and taking a few verses out of what Paul said and try to make it look like Paul was anti-women and women should not have leadership positions and women should not be involved in ministry, when if you go through the Scripture you find all kinds of women involved in leadership and ministry. And rightly so, because we are equal in Christ. I didn't hear you. And young people. You're not second-class because you're young people. You're also a full-standing legal heir of God in Christ Jesus. And children, they're not second-class Christians. They are also full-legal heirs, full-standing salvation. There are no second-class Christians. In Christ, we are all sons of God. Everybody shout, in Christ We're sons of God. Now let me just take some simple thoughts on top of that and develop it in our lives for just a few minutes. As a son of God, we have an intimate, familiar relationship with God. Romans 8 verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. To fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry, Abba, Father. Now, I want you to see what Paul is trying to teach these people. Listen, the Holy Spirit is working in our life. And there is nothing about the work of the Holy Spirit that will make you fall back into fear. Everybody say, fall back into fear. There is nothing about the work of the Holy Spirit that is domination. There is nothing about the work of the Holy Spirit that is control. There is nothing about the work of the Holy Spirit that will, will make you feel insecure and, and afraid of God. Well, Pastor, the Bible tells us to fear God is the beginning of wisdom. Yes, but that word means respect. That word means what? It has nothing, it has nothing to do with taco, Okay, it's just it has nothing to do with that. Every bit of the work of the Holy Spirit is creating this beautiful family relationship that we have with God that God is our Father and all that the work of the Holy Spirit is doing is to draw you close to the Father remember all the teaching I did with you on uh, we've been brought near by the blood of Jesus that in his presence there is no accusation remember all of that teaching. we come boldly before the throne of God everybody say boldly there's no fear you see all the work of the Holy Spirit it's about creating this familiar relationship. Abba. Everybody say Abba. Abba. Say it again. what? When Shasha was a little girl, she always called me daddy. She called me what? But what did you call me? Pastor. Pastor is my office. Daddy is her relationship with me. Did you hear what I just said? God is his office. Father is your relationship with him. Did you hear what I just said? God is his office. Yes, he's God. No question about it. That's who he is. That's his office. That's who our father is. Everybody say, my father is God. That's his office but our relationship with Him is Tata, And the Holy Spirit is always working in your life. This is one of the ways you can recognize the work of the Holy Spirit. Is it causing you to be closer to the Father? Is it causing you to not be afraid of the Father, but have a desire for the presence of the Father? Everybody say, have a desire. Say it again. Now, for some of us, Learning to live like a son of God is a little difficult. Some of it is because of family relationships. You, you never had a father. You have no idea how to have a relationship with a man. Some of you, and please I don't say this critically because sometimes that's just what life is. But some of you have been raised by mothers and aunts and titas and you have no idea how to have a relationship with a man. And you're clueless. And, the idea of a son of God relating. You, you don't know how to relate to God. You know, I, I talked with a, a guy one time, and he said, do you know the reason I don't get born again? I said, why? He said, I know how to talk to Mama Mary, but I don't know how to talk to the Father. And I looked at him, and I thought, that's the strangest thing I ever heard in my whole life. But the more I got to thinking about it, the more I understood he had been raised by a mother, he had been raised by his aunts, he'd been raised by his Tita. He understood ladies. He had no comprehension how to talk to a man. Now, young people, you need, to, and some of you young ladies, the same way. You're really good at talking to ladies, but you never had a father at home. Maybe your father was off in Saudi. Maybe your father was on a ship long term, a couple of years gone at a time. Maybe you're an immigration orphan. Maybe you've been abandoned by somebody who just, forgive me, just was a fool to not see what a good thing he had in you. Maybe you had a cruel and abusive father. I don't know what has happened. But whatever it is, you need to get over it and realize that your heavenly father is not like anybody you have ever met in your life. Your heavenly father is good, and his mercy endures forever everybody say my heavenly father is good say it again please now Jesus when he began to walk this earth he began to restore the concept of God as father because religion doesn't like it religion wants to talk about El Shaddai and he is El Shaddai religion wants to talk about El Roi and he is the God who sees religion wants to talk about El Elohim and he yes no problem But as Jesus began to walk this earth, he began to talk about God in a different way. Not based on office, but based on relationship. John 8, verse 54, Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father. My what? Now, have you remember, the Jews will not even put the vowels in the name of God. Okay, to this day, they will not even put the vowels. When they write God, they would write, G, leave a space, and D. They won't even put the vowel in. The name of God is too holy to say. But Jesus called God Father. What did Jesus call him? John chapter 11, verse 41. So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. John 12 verse 27, now my soul is troubled, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this very purpose I've come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Now, this concept of father is one of the things that they hated Jesus for, and one of the reasons, not all of the reasons, but one of the reasons they wanted to kill him, they wanted to crucify him, because he called God Father. But this was not some new revelation, Malachi 2 verse 10, the prophet Malachi, the last words before God went silent for 400 years. Malachi says, Have we not all one Father? Everybody say, Father? Father. Say it again. Father. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 8 verse 6 Yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist. Everybody say, The Father. Ephesians 4, verse 6, one God and Father of all. Now, I just wanted to lay this out for you a little bit. Everybody say, He's my Father. There's nothing unspiritual with calling Him Father. Every morning and every afternoon when I pray, my first word is Father. When Jesus taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer, how does it begin? Our Father. Now, when, when the, the apostles came and said, Lord, teach us to pray. He didn't teach them, let me give you the 15 names of God that you must memorize. When they said, Lord, teach us to pray, he said, our, our what? Talk to God as your Father. Everybody said, as my Father. So Jesus is trying to get this thing back in us where we will understand as a son of God, He is our... His office is God, but your relationship with Him is... Is what? Now, let's apply this for a minute. Psalms chapter 68, verse 5. He is a father to the fatherless. He wants to be involved in your life. What does a father to the fatherless do? He gives you that sense of belonging. Of what? I've used the illustration with you before. Growing up, I didn't have a dad. When I was 14, the police sent me to live with my dad. And I will never forget the first day in old, old, ben, old brother, Johnson, Tom, brother Thompson's place. And brother, he was a Christian. little clothing store. The man would not let me sign. My father told me to sign for the clothes that I needed to start school that year. He said, Chuck, I know Chuck Summer all well. He doesn't have a son. Man, you talk about hurt? Like sticking a knife into me, turning it sideways, and pulling it across. My dad came home from work that night. He said, Did you get your clothes? I said, Well, I went up there. He said, Where's your clothes? I said, He said you don't have a son. My dad just looked at me. Evidently, my face said all the hurt that was on my insides. We got in his old red Buick Wildcat, drove up to Brother Thompson's place, walked in the door. He said, Mr. Thompson, this is a very small town, Barrio, one blinking light. It makes tobacco look big. He said, Mr. Thompson, you don't know it, but this is my son. His middle name is named after my father, earnest. This, I remember sitting there going, yeah, yeah. My whole, but it felt so good. This man claimed me. He was being a father to the fatherless. I felt like I belonged. Now, please forgive me, young people. Some of you, you've been abandoned by your father. Some of you, you've grown up without a father, whatever. And you always kind of feel like, where do I belong? You belong to the Heavenly Father. He is a Father to the fatherless. You get your sense of belonging from this relationship with Him. Just like the Father looked at Jesus at His water baptism and said, this is my Son whom I love and with whom I'm well pleased. He put His ownership. He claimed Him. Your Heavenly Father looks at you and says, I claim you. Everybody say, I belong to Him. Say it again. That sense of belongingness that you've always wanted, that sense of, I belong to somebody. Some of you young ladies, and please forgive me, but but straight talk. Some of you young ladies, you, you get manipulated by boys because of the insecurity in your heart because you've never had a dad around that gave you that sense of belonging to a man. I got news for you. You belong to the Father. There's no reason for insecurity in your heart. You belong to the Heavenly Father. Now, another application. As you get older, dads die. It's a weird feeling. It was a weird feeling when your dad died, Deba. It was a weird feeling when my dad died. I I go to the funerals with some of you and do the funeral. And, you know, pastor, that's my dad. said, yeah, it's a real weird feeling when your dad dies. Like, dad's been your foundation stone. You know, just like, yeah, this is dad. Dad's, yeah, this is dad. And all of a sudden, dad's gone. He's a father to the fatherless. Whatever age you're in, he gives you that sense of belonging. Everybody say, whatever age I am, I belong to the father. Secondly, as a father, he protects us. John 10, verse 29. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Young people, you walk up to me all the time and say, Pastor Summerall, how can you you know that you're going to stay saved? And how can you know that you're never going to... Nobody can take you away from God. You, You can walk away, I guess, but nobody can take you away from God. Nobody is stronger than your Father nobody can snatch you from his hand. Your heavenly Father is protecting you. Your heavenly Father is what? Not not just in the physical realm in this life but even in the spirit realm. Your heavenly Father is protecting you. I I don't get these Christians that walk around all the time afraid of the devil and afraid of demons. Why should I be afraid of a devil? Why should I be afraid of demons? They can't snatch me from my father's hand. I'm in the hand of the God Almighty. God Almighty is in my, is my father, and my father is watching over me. Are you understanding this? So I don't live in spiritual insecurity. You must not live in spiritual insecurity, afraid of demons and afraid of devils and all this. Why? You belong to the Father. Look at that verse again. My Father who has given them to me is greater than. Jesus said, Do you have any idea who my Father is? (laughs) He's greater than them all. And no one is able to snatch them, referring to us, his people. Snatch us out of the Father's hand. You are safe and secure. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm safe. safe. Say it again. Thirdly, the Father honors us. Now Christians really struggle with this one. John 12, verse 26. Jesus said, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. The Father will what? Everybody say, my Father will honor me. What will the Father do? Uh, I, I didn't hear you. What will the Father do? Do you remember when Jesus was baptized? This is my Son whom I love and with whom I am well pleased. Do you remember on the Mount of Transfiguration? This is my Son. Listen to Him. I'm pleased with Him. The Father always honored Jesus. Jesus. If you will serve Jesus, the Father will honor you. The Father will what? See, see some of you, 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 you get this idea that we live this life in obscurity and nobody will ever notice us and nobody will ever pay attention to us for the things that we do for the kingdom. And, you know, we go down to these little towns and do these crusades and nobody cares about what we do. God cares about what we do. Week after week, you meet those connect group members. Week after week, you visit those people in their homes. Week after week, you bring those people into God's house and make sure that they're growing in God. Week after, and you think, nobody notices what I do. Every time you're serving the Father, He honors you. Everybody say, the Father honors me. Say it again. Not only in this life, but in the life to come. But that's a whole nother sermon. Everybody say protection, belonging, honor, blessing. Ephesians 1 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. What has the Father done? What? Blessed us. Everybody say, I'm blessed. Say it again blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Why are you blessed? Just because He's your Father. Everybody say, He's my Father. How many fathers are here? Would you raise your hand? All the fathers, raise your hand. Do you like doing things for your kids? Do you like blessing them? For no reason at all. You just bless them. I got back from tobacco and Shasha took me, we went and had Starbucks and had a daddy-daughter date, and she was going to buy Starbucks for me, and I said, oh, here's a thousand pesos, Sha. put it on your Starbucks card. And she said, why, Dad? I said, I just want to bless you. Now, this is what dads do. This is what what does? Dads just bless their kids because they love them. You need to get over this thing about, oh, why, why has God done all this for me? No reason. You're just his son. Everybody say, no reason? I'm just his son. See, you need to get over the idea that you need to merit blessings and begin to realize we don't merit a blessing. We don't earn a blessing. He blesses us because he's our father. Everybody say, he's dad. And forgive me, let me put it to you this way. He likes to spoil you. He likes to what? Now, use that word spoil in a good sense. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with a few spiritual blessings. With how many spiritual blessings? Every. Look at the person next to and say, my Father spoils me. No, look at the person and say, my Father spoils me. Now, you, you need... I don't know how to make this complicated. I don't know how to make this sound all fancy. It's just simple relationship truth. So when the father spoils you, just kind of smile and say, Dad, that was really nice. And just smile and enjoy it and realize I don't deserve this. I don't earn this. This is not about meritocracy. This is just because he's my father and my father is a good father. The next one. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, English Standard Version says, See what kind of love the Father has given us. NIV says, See what kind of love the Father has lavished upon us. Your heavenly Father does not withhold His emotions from you. Your heavenly Father does not measure His love to you with an eyedropper because he's God. Your heavenly Father lavishes his love upon you. Everybody say, lavish. Say it again. I I was visiting a family one time, and you know I always change my illustrations, I don't embarrass anybody. But I was visiting this family one time, I said, Dad, give your son a hug. Come here. So he gave his son a hug. I said, give your son a big hug. I said no no a big hug and he went and the son's just looking at it I said no no a big both arms he went and I sat down with him kids went away sat down with him and I said sir why can't you give your son a big hug he said if you show too much love to them you spoil them I said sir the one thing you should never hold back is love. You should wake him up in the morning with a hug. When he comes home from school at night, give him a hug. Keep telling him how much you love him. I said, when you're mad at him, you don't, you don't spare the words. When you're angry, you're full of words. When you love, you have no words. I said the one thing you should never hold back is love. Your heavenly Father lavishes love upon you. Everybody say, lavishes. Now, now some of you, you, you don't understand this sometimes, and you know you're praying and all of a sudden, how many of you have ever been praying and all of a sudden you just felt overwhelmed with love? Would you raise your hand? You know what I'm talking about? It's just like, wow and you don't know whether to laugh or cry or just sit there and grin just it's so wonderful to feel love now now guys you have to understand this is God God does not withhold his affection from you God does not hold his heart back from you your heavenly father lavishes love upon you he does what? let me give you one more, is this helping you tonight? And let's see, if, if you can get a hold of the fatherhood of God, that you are a son of God, there's a whole lot of stuff that just disappears in your life. The last thing about a father, he molds us, trains, and disciplines our life. Now, this developing of our life starts by evaluation. First Peter 1, verse 17. And if you call on him as the father who judges impartially according to one's deeds. Now, Judges here does not mean condemn. It means to evaluate. Everybody say evaluate. Your heavenly Father lavishes love upon you, but he's always evaluating. He's always what? Because he wants You have been predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. He he wants to continue to perfect that good work He began in your life. So he's always evaluating you. Everybody say evaluation. Say it again discipline that's training Hebrews 12 verse 9 besides this we've all had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? Now, Now, discipline here doesn't mean punishment it means to train it means to what and now there's one more word here mold Isaiah 64 verse 8 but now O Lord you are our father we are the clay you are the potter we are all the work of your hands Everybody say, evaluate, train, and mold. This is something that your heavenly Father is always doing in your life. Now, until my dad went to heaven, as long as he could still talk, whenever I'd sit down with my dad, my dad would sit down and he'd say, "Now, let me talk to you, let me ask you some questions. Well, he starts asking me questions. You know what he's doing? He's evaluating. Until my grandpa died, he did the same thing. Grandpa said, tell me about the sermons you've been preaching. Show them to me. They're evaluating. Everybody said, evaluation. After evaluation finishes, then my dad would start talking to me. he said, Dad, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? I had a sinus infection one time. And he said, Dave, you know, it's a really easy thing. When you stand in the shower in the morning, just blow your nose really hard in the shower. I'm going, Dad, too much. But what was he doing? He was evaluating and then teaching. Everybody say, teaching. Now, I was 50 years old when he's telling me, blow your nose, and I'm going, Dad. But he's, all, everybody say, always teaching. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Listen, young people, you're, with your earthly parents, you're going to have to understand. You're going to be forever 16 in their eyes. Thank you, young people. And you might be 60, but mom and dad are still going to be teaching you. Mom and dad are still going to be what? Now when you're 20s it's a little irritating. When you hit 40s it's cute. You, you, you enjoy it. You, there's always somebody there to, to talk to you and teach you. But the last word is molding. Everybody said, He's the potter. I'm the clay. Now in order to mold clay there needs to be some pressure. There needs to be some what? You, you can't mold clay without digging your thumbs into it a little bit and digging your fingers into it a little bit. Everybody said, a little pressure. Now, now, some of you, please, you, you want a life without pressure. You're never going to be developed without pressure. I, I didn't hear you. Oh, I don't want any pressure in my life. Then you're never going to be anything. You can't make a beautiful vase out of a bunch of mud without a little bit of pressure. So the Father will evaluate. He'll start teaching you or training you. But he's also going to put his hands on your life. And there's going to be some pressure. There's going to be some what? Say it again, please. Say it again. He's going to dig his thumbs in a little bit. He's going to dig those fingers in a little bit. He's going to start making you into something very beautiful. He is the potter. We are the clay. We are the work of our Father's hands. Now what we have to learn to do is trust God. When our heavenly Father begins to put a little pressure, read the verse again, but now, O oh Lord, you are our Father. And what does the Father do? We're the clay. You're the potter. We are all the work of your hands. Father, you are the one developing our life. So please, if you look at me and go, Oh, Pastor Samuel, I don't want any pressure. Well then, be a piece of garbage that's worthless. Be, be a nothing all of your life. But your Heavenly Father doesn't want you to be a Nothing. Your heavenly Father has great plans for you. Your heavenly Father has a great destiny for you. Your heavenly Father has a plan for you to prosper you and not to harm you. A plan to give you hope and a future. But part of that plan is the Father is going to put some pressure on you. He's going to put some what? I didn't hear you. So don't look upon pressure as a negative. Look upon pressure as, whoa, oh, oh, grow in time. Everybody said, grow in time he's molding me. All this pressure that's coming to my life is molding me and, and making me who he wants me to be. Now later when you get a few years older, you're going to look back and go, wow, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing today if I had not gone through that. I would not be able to help others with that if I had not gone through that. I wouldn't be strong enough to face some of the things I'm facing if I hadn't gone through all of that. And the father just sat there and said, yeah, I was I was helping you out. I was getting you ready. I was I was making you into who you are. Did you learn something tonight? Would you stand with me? Now, I, I don't know how to make this complicated. Because all these truths are so simple. But this is where you get insecure. This is why temptation gets so overwhelming in your life. Because you have forgotten the basic things of Who you are. Everybody say, who I am in Christ Jesus. The very first thing is you are a son of God. You are not fatherless. You are not without a protector. You are not without a provider. You are not without someone to train you and teach you and mold you. You have a father, a heavenly father, who is very involved in your life. When I first became your pastor in 1980, we, we saw people, Ed, this week from the early 80s. People that only remembered Pastora Babes as a child. And she's 60 now. <laughs> Almost. But old, old timers that used to be in church here from the 60s and 70s. And it reminded me of 1980 when I was working on this sermon. When I first became your pastor, I was 23 years old, and these missionaries came to see me, and they were saying, you know, you're very young to pastor this church. I said, I know. You're too young to pastor this church. I said, no, I'm not. Well, what makes you think that you're qualified? I said, I'm not, but I have a very, very old heavenly father who will be glad to tell me what to do. See, I understood the fatherhood of God. And and here I was, 23 years old, they're trying to make me completely insecure and give up what God wanted me to do. But I understood, it's not about me. I have a father who will teach me and guide me and lead me and mold me and make me and kick my butt when my butt needs to be kicked. You are not fatherless in this world. You have a father. If any man lacks wisdom, Jesus, Paul said, let him ask of God. Let him ask of his father, who will give to all men liberally. If you don't know what to do, talk to your You are not fatherless in this world. I didn't hear you. Look at the person next to you. I'm not fatherless you have the greatest father in the universe God Almighty is your father look at the person next to God Almighty Almighty is my dad dad. say it again say it louder seems weird to say that say it again say it again Say, shout it. God and you know what? He loves you. Amen. So just relax into that relationship. And when you go to bed tonight, lay there in your bed and say, Our Father. Talk to your Father. Amen. I didn't hear you. Amen. You don't know what to do? Who promised to train you? The Father. You know that you're not capable of doing something. Who promised to mold you? You're feeling a little insecure like you don't belong. Who promised to give you a sense of belongingness? No wonder Jesus teaches us to pray, Our Father who art in heaven. Lift your hands before Him and just begin to call Him Father. Go ahead. just talk to him father just keep calling him father every other sentence calling father every sentence calling father start every sentence with father (laughs) father my father father (laughs) oh father Father, I can't teach this into their heads. but Father, you can make it real to their hearts. Father, in the name of Jesus, take this great truth of who you are in our lives. Make it real in their hearts. Young people that have always felt like they're orphans and don't belong. Jesus, take the truth of Father. Make it real in them and give them that sense of belongingness. Takes out all their insecurity. Father, make your presence real to them. Oh, make this a revelation in their hearts, Lord. I can't teach it to their heads, but you can teach it to their hearts. Teach it to them, Father. Jesus' name. your hand and just call him father father we call upon you father we call upon you oh make your love so real in our hearts your presence so real in our lives father jesus name amen No big great revelation tonight, but it's the simple things where we struggle. And when you get a hold of this Father, it's amazing. You're not afraid of demons anymore. Father is with me. I'm in my Father's hands. You don't feel insecure and preyed upon by people that are looking for insecurity in your heart because I belong to the Father. my shoulders are up, my head's up. I belong to God. God Almighty is my Father. The guy who created this whole place, he's my dad. You need to get a hold of this deep in your spirit in Jesus' name.